I doubt I have many high-speed operators listening to this podcast. Navy SEALs and Delta Force team guys probably have more important things to do than balk at how wrong I am every week. Since this is more of a normal podcast for normal people, I've tried to steer clear of the stuff that you might consider too high-speed or tactical in nature. But even normal shooters can and should borrow elements that those high-speed operators practice, especially when it comes to the basics. If you're a current gun owner, you probably already know how to reload your magazine-fed pistols, carbines, and rifles. At least I hope so. If not, go sign up for a class ASAP. Effectively carrying and using firearms is a discipline that far exceeds simply shooting with those firearms. In between targets and trigger pulls, you should be concerned about how efficiently you're doing things like holstering, drawing, slinging, retaining, and reloading those firearms. One important emphasis here is that I want you to approach your reloads with efficiency in mind. Not necessarily raw speed, but efficiency. In the case of firearms use, efficiency is usually accomplished through two components, consistency and economy. So again, we're not pushing for raw speed here. Nothing in your mag changes should feel rushed or forced. But to be consistent, you'll want to practice each motion so that they can be repeated with minimal variation. And to be economic, you should be minimizing the effort expended in each motion. That's efficiency, and it's going to translate naturally to speed. A lot of different firearm instructors will have different ideas of what your mag changes should look like and which types of mag changes you should be studying. None are more valid than the other. These are just different schools of thoughts that have been developed by people with different backgrounds. In this case, I'm going to draw mostly from the experience and teachings of Pat McNamara. If the name doesn't ring a bell to you, I highly recommend checking him out on YouTube or Instagram. Pat Mac might look and sound like someone gave Macho Man Randy Savage a rifle and an adrenaline shot, but the dude is sharp. He's an Army Special Forces veteran that's been there and done that, and he approaches firearm applications with a scholar's mindset, identifying what needs to be honed and refined and optimized, even if it's countered to what he was taught before. Mr. McNamara will tell you that there are two times that you're going to reload your weapon, when you want to and when you need to. And most of the time, if things are going well, you'll be reloading when you want to. This means that you're either preparing to shoot at a flat range and the line is cold, or you're mid-shoot or mid-scenario, whatever that might be, but you're behind cover and ideally have fire support from a buddy so that whatever you're shooting at is facing a continuous threat. I might have already lost you there, so let's back up. I imagine everyone listening to this, myself included, has never performed a mag change in a gunfight. It's rare. But let's pretend that that's what you're training for, because it personally makes sense to me to have that skill available should the rare event present itself that I need it. While we generally practice mag changes on a flat range, standing still, in between putting shots on flat targets, that isn't representative of how our mag change should go in a gunfight. And that's totally fine. I don't want you to change how you train, but I want you to consider or maybe reconsider the mindset behind what you're training. You're not going to reload a weapon standing still outside of cover in a gunfight. If you do reload in a fight, you'll do so either during or after making your way to cover if cover is available, and ideally you'll do so before your firearm goes completely empty. If you're doing that, it means you're reloading when you want to. You're in control, or at least some amount of control. So let's start off with the want to reload. This is the reload that you would prefer to do whether on the range or in a stressful situation. 
And we want this reload to be relatively fast, even though we're not setting it up in a sense that we're going to be in direct fire. We do want it still to be relatively fast, but mainly we want this mag change to be consistent and we want to use what little time we can afford to spare to retain our depleted magazine. Just because it's relatively safe to drop a magazine doesn't mean we should be doing it when we don't have to. And if it's not completely empty, it could be a vital source of ammunition later on. Now, I'm not going to try and teach you how to do a want to reload via an audio only instruction format. That would be a nightmare. But you can find plenty of examples if you look around for demonstrations of tactical or pretension reloads or mag chains. YouTube has plenty. Of course, vet the source, make sure that the person demonstrating knows what they're talking about. But you'll, you will find many different uh, illustrations of that. So without further ado, here are the components of a want to reload or a want to mag change. We'll want visual diagnosis of the weapon to confirm if a round is chambered. Ideally, we're doing this mag change before the firearm is completely emptied out. So the round should be chambered. If not, it's going to change the behavior of the mag change because we'll need a chamber around after we've inserted a fresh mag. After that diagnosis, we want to bring the weapon into retention and flip that safety switch on if it's present. A lot of people balk at the idea of putting a weapon on safe when you are bringing it in for a reload, but it makes sense to if we're familiar with the four rules of firearm safety and we're familiar with basic practice in terms of effectively using a firearm. The rule is that your finger is only on the trigger when your sights are on the target, and as such, we should translate that to, and the firearm should also be on safe when the sights are not on the target. That means that when you're doing anything other than lining your sights up on the target and preparing to press a shot off, your firearm should be on safe if a safety lever is available. That means transitioning between targets, letting your firearm fall on a sling for a transition, and during a mag change. Whenever possible, the firearm should be put on safe. That doesn't necessarily need to slow us down or add time to anything that we're doing because we're not going to be putting the firearm on safe and then doing anything else. We're going to put the firearm on safe as we're doing something else. In this case, for our want to reload, we finish our visual diagnosis. We've confirmed whether or not a round is chambered in the firearm. We're bringing the weapon into retention as we're switching on that safety. And what is retention? In this case, we're referring to what a lot of people call the shooter's box or the workspace. This is where, in the case of a rifle, you're turning the firearm slightly and anchoring it either against your elbow or in between your bicep and your torso. I'm calling this retention because this is a position where it's difficult for the firearm to move unless you're the one moving it, and it's a place where you can keep the firearm secure for a long period of time. You should be comfortable holding your rifle or carbine this way for a very long time without your arm getting tired. And this is in contrast to people that try to do magazine changes while they're keeping their, their rifle shouldered and the sights downrange. That certainly is faster in theory, but, but you risk tiring yourself out, and you also haven't pivoted the rifle in such a way that the magwell is more easily accessible. So, we've done the visual diagnosis, we've brought the firearm into retention, and the safety is switched on if present. Then, a fresh magazine is brought to the weapon before that old magazine is removed. Then the old magazine is removed and retained whenever possible. So a couple things to unpack here. I was big on preaching that this should be an efficient reload rather than an especially fast one in terms of raw speed. We're still saving time here, but we're doing it in a way that doesn't, that doesn't force us to exert unnecessary muscle stress or unnecessary motion. It's more about efficiency than raw speed. And one element of that efficiency is reducing the amount of time that the firearm does not have a magazine, does not have an ammunition source. 
So if we are retrieving our fresh magazine and bringing it up to the magwell before removing the old magazine, we are very efficiently reducing the time that that firearm is going to be without a magazine. So the old magazine is removed, the fresh magazine is inserted, and we're doing it in such a way that we are retaining that other magazine. This might feel like we're juggling magazines, but there are many different ways, depending on the firearm in question, and depending on the magazine shape and size in question, to do this without making it difficult. So that fresh magazine is inserted and fully seated. we got to make sure of that every single time. And we're inserting that fresh magazine as soon after the old magazine was removed as possible. Again, we want to keep that time that the firearm is without a ammunition source as short as possible. Then the old magazine is stowed in a reliable place and kept available for future reloading if needed. This mag change is for the purposes of getting a full magazine in place and having more ammunition readily available. If we need to do this again in the same situation, it would be nice to have a magazine with some amount of ammunition available. So we want to keep that in mind with where we're stowing this old magazine. Once that fresh mag is in place and the old magazine has been retained, we can return the weapon to its ready position. If we need to take subsequent shots, we can line our sights up on the target, pop that safety off, and squeeze those shots. Otherwise, the weapon is returned to ready position and you can proceed with whatever else it is that you need to be doing. So we've got our visual diagnosis. We're bringing the weapon into retention. Safety is switched on at the same time. We're managing a fresh magazine and an old magazine. We're reducing the time in between those two, uh, exiting and then entering the, the firearm. And we are stowing that old magazine before returning the firearm to the ready position. That sounds like a lot, but you can make it second nature in a very short time if you are practicing for consistency and economy. That's the recipe for efficiency that we covered before. So that is the want to mag change. Now for the need to mag change. This is the reload that you don't want to do. It means something has gone wrong. In the case of a firefight, it means that you have not found time to get behind cover or to have fire support while you switch to a fresh magazine while retaining the old one. Or you're in a position where you have fired this weapon until it is empty and you're not in a position where you can switch to a sidearm or other weapon to maintain continuity of fire. Because in general, switching to another firearm will be faster than reloading the ones in your hand. But you're not in a position to do that, so you need to change your magazine. And you need to do it quickly. So in this case, you're firing, bang, 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 suddenly, click. Mushy trigger, or simply clicks without a bang. Something has gone wrong, and we need to address it immediately, but we don't necessarily need to assume that it's a mag chain. If we're in the mindset of getting this weapon back in action as quickly as possible. The first step for that is not to do a reload, but that visual diagnosis that we were talking about with the blast mag change. In this case, we need visual diagnosis to confirm that the chamber is empty and that a mag change is the solution here. And that visual diagnosis is more important in this mag change to ensure that a reload is in fact what you need. You may be in a position where you've had a malfunction, such as a feeding or ejection issue, and you need to remedy that specifically rather than a simple mag change. If you have done your, your visual diagnosis of the weapon and confirmed that the chamber is empty, congrats, that's the first component of the need to mag change. Let's get into the rest of it. Again, we are bringing that weapon into retention, and that safety switch is going on if it is present, for the same reasons as before. The empty magazine is removed, and the magwell is cleared as quickly as possible. In this case, since our focus is on clearing that magwell and making room for a fresh magazine as quickly as possible, we are not prioritizing retention of that old magazine which we can refer to in this case pretty safely as the empty magazine. It's less useful for us in this case than in the want to mag change because it's not a valuable ammunition source later on in this scenario. So that empty magazine is removed. 
Magwell is cleared as quickly as possible, and a fresh magazine is retrieved and brought to the weapon as soon after that Magwell is cleared as possible. Again, the timing here lends itself to efficiency and economy, and therefore will be fast, naturally. Then, the weapon bolt or slide is released as the weapon is returned to the ready position. We've brought that magazine in place, that new ammunition source, we've seated it securely, and if it's an AR, we're hitting that bolt release. If it's a pistol, we're racking that slide or hitting that slide release. First, uh, that round gets chambered, it's in battery, we are ready to go, so we return the weapon from the retention position to the ready position. This reload will be faster than your want-to mag change because there are fewer components to it. Not because you're necessarily moving any faster. Last mag change I want you to practice and become very familiar with is something that I'm calling the administrative load. Not necessarily a reload, because we're not necessarily going from a previously loaded state to a new loaded state. The administrative load is something similar to what Pat Mack preaches, but I've also mixed in influence in this case from both Frank Proctor and Travis Haley's teachings, because they're pretty similar. Um, those are two other been-there-done-that special ops vets that place great emphasis on practical efficiency. Um, they've forgotten more about this stuff than I've ever learned. As for the administrative load, this might be the load that you perform the most often, because it's a cold-range, cold-scenario load. And that's the instance that most of us find ourselves in more often than not. You know, you're going to be doing this one before your turn on the firing line on a range or before you set out for whatever situation it is that you might be carrying a firearm into, such as the beginning of a patrol shift or the beginning of a hunting or hiking trip in which you're bringing a firearm. So components of an administrative load. And this one's going to sound a little bit different from the first two mag changes because this one is less of a mag change and more of a of a weapon pr preparation procedure. So first step in that procedure is to take the firearm and acquire a positive sight picture with the weapon pointed in a safe direction. A couple reasons for this. Um, one, it's an excuse to get another sight picture because you can never get enough of those when you're training for a fast sight picture. You know, more you train, more you learn, the better you got it. Pretty basic. We're also checking oddly basic things that people tend to forget to check, like, are my sights visible and unobstructed? Is there anything popping out of the chamber that I can view when making a sight picture? If I have an electronic optic, is it on and is it functioning? Little basic things like that, that you'd be surprised how often goes unnoticed when you're first retrieving and stowing a firearm for use later. So, we acquire that positive sight picture. Once we're satisfied with that sight picture, we can lock the weapon bolt or slide back and inspect the chamber, barrel, and magwell. Obviously, we do not want to do a load into an already loaded firearm. And obviously, we want to know if the firearm we are handling is in fact unloaded and empty before we do anything else. This is also a good chance to make sure that the chamber, barrel, and magwell are in the condition that we expected them to be. Nothing's obstructing anything in there, and nothing is going to get in the way of what we're about to do, which is load the firearm. So, we've locked that bolter slide back, we've inspected the uh, area that we've now exposed. It's all in good working order, so we bring that weapon into retention retrieve our fresh magazine. The fresh magazine is brought to the weapon and firmly locked in the magwell. You would not believe how many com competitive shooters have started a round of fire by clicking and not getting around because they did not fully seat the magazine and therefore did not uh, chamber around properly. Not a good way to start. Fresh magazine is uh, in place and firmly locked in that magwell. We want to hear a click. Then the weapon bolt or slide is released as the weapon is returned to ready position. 
just as when we were putting the firearm on safe when bringing it into retention. In this case, we are chambering around and getting the firearm into full battery as we're returning it to its ready position. So this is not a step that adds time. This is a step that works at the same time. Then I want you to press check to confirm that a round is chambered. Then return the bolter slide to the closed position. Ensure that weapon is again fully in battery. I know there's a lot of mixed discussion about the press check and whether or not it's necessary. And I want to personally guarantee you that someday you will have someone sure that they loaded a magazine and chambered around and find out after a very disappointing click that they did not do those things. So press check is a better safe and sorry uh, opportunity to spend less than a second to make sure that your firearm is in fact chambered and hot and ready for action. Then we're going to switch that safety on if there is one and stow the weapon. We're done. Administrative load. Not that bad. This, again, may seem like a lot, especially for something that is so routine. But if you train to do this administrative load every time you load a cold firearm, you are burning essential safety practice into your brain and muscle memory while learning to inspect the gun every time you plan to use or carry it. You are also ensuring that if and when it is time to put this gun to use, it is ready for that use. So those are the three mag changes that I want you to practice and get very familiar with. And that's all I have for you this week. Thanks as always for joining me on this little mag change deep dive. If you like what we're doing here, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave Range Talk a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. If you have a routine or philosophical point on how you practice mag changes, tell us about it on Twitter using the hashtag Range Talk. If not, stay safe. I will talk again soon.